Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a very special episode. We have an amazing guest, and I would love to just turn it right over to you so you can introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Yodasa Williams. My friends call me Yoda. I'm a queer Black femme writer. I am from originally Ohio, but my family's Jamaican, so I identify as a Jamaican-American immigrant. And I am grateful to be here to talk to you about my experience of evolving into myself as a creative writer, as an artist. My very first book, which is Here, The Goddess Twins, was published in May 2020. And just this past year, I had an article, an essay published in this anthology, which is called We Are the Babysitter's Club, and talks about the effect of the Babysitter's Club series on creative people. My gosh, you are, and you have to be one of my favorite people I've ever met while I've been here in the Bay. I think we met each other like four years ago or something. (laughs) And it was just by chance. And I was like, I love your energy. And it felt like I just wanted like more. And I'm hoping we can kind of get into definitely get into more of who you are, some of the ways that you identify and how that influences you pursuing creative writing. Would you like to just share what motivated you to pursue creative writing? Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of a full circle story. I grew up as a child obsessed with reading and books. And very much just felt the craft of storytelling was like this magical art form. Like I legitimately thought authors were magicians, how they could suck me into their world. And I especially loved fantasy and science fiction storytelling. And so growing up, I was a super geeky, awkward kid in class who always had a book under her nose. I was too shy and awkward to like actually speak up in class, to be vocal about my emotions. But I very much had like a big internal world and so much dreams and so many feelings and so many things going on inside of me that were unexpressed in my life. But thankfully, I worked throughout school and academia with not too much trouble I did have some issues with bullying growing up in Ohio as a Jamaican girl. People didn't understand like the things I would bring home, bring um, to school lunches would be a problem. Like, what is that smell? What are you doing? Things like that I endured and just felt like very much like an alien in my true life. So that also helped me kind of identify with a lot of like the fantasy and storytelling of science fiction, which is like fish out of water or becoming, you know, evolving into new powers or figuring out this new identity. I constantly identified with those storytellings. But in my family, I was definitely pushed to be in high in academia to think about myself as like the becoming of a doctor or a lawyer that was very big in my family. You know, like you got to be a success. You're smart. So you got to do this. And I remember preparing for college and trying to speak to my parents about like, I kind of wanted to do writing. At that time, I really loved art history, which I also knew was like a weird path. 
And they were like, we will not support your college career if you're going to study this. And so it was very much like I have to figure out something in the business or, you know, like an official career. Writing was not it. So for about a decade, I worked and got my degree and worked in the fashion industry. And that was really much the path that in my head, I thought this is the success that I can become. If I work hard in the fashion industry, it's like a business degree. I can get titles. I can have a career path that my parents are proud of. But very much so, there was still this urging to tell stories, to create, to craft. And it got to a point where I was just so unhappy with my present life. Even though so many people are like, you're a success. Look at how amazing you are. You got your master's of fashion. You're working at this company. You know, like you're in charge of like this huge account of clothing. You're doing all of this. And I still felt like there was so much not expressed in my heart, in my actual life. And to be honest, it was one of my best friends from high school who kind of like made me look at my life and was like, who are you in your life? I don't see you expressing your life. And I went to, and I don't know if this is a sidebar of, of, of things we can talk about, but I went to Burning Man in 2014 and I did not anticipate anything happening that would shift me. But it did very much ignite the creative spark inside me. Because when I went and I saw like all the art cars and creative projects and things that people were building just to then burn down, just so that people could have appreciated it for like three days, it really just changed something inside me to realizing like creativity matters and making art matters. And it, it matters even if one person is changed by that. And I realized inside of me was a story that I knew mattered so deeply about Black girls getting magic. Like my whole life, I felt like I was looking for the story of my soul. And I knew it was something, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, magic, powers. I was obsessed with that. But I was also personally obsessed with Black female empowerment and definitely like seeing so many strong Black female characters from my family to like obviously pop culture. I'm obsessed with Oprah. I have a storytelling story where I talk about how I imagined as a child that Oprah Winfrey was my mother because she was just so empathetic and loving. And I was like, that woman, she burst me. I just know it. And so like I had this obsession with like strong black female powerhood showing itself. And I also knew fantasy wanted to be a part of the story that I would tell. And honestly, I left that first burn already like birthing the story inside me. Like I have to write a story. It's crazy. I got this whole life in fashion, but I need to now become a writer. And so from 2014 till, as you see, 2020, it was just this evolution of myself as a creative artist of trying to be brave in my voice for like the first time in my entire life. As I mentioned, I started storytelling and just telling stories of my evolution as a Black queer girl growing up in Ohio, you know, working in New York fashion scene. All of that was like underlying trauma that I didn't realize for a long time where I was like, I was never in the right place for me and it was trauma. So yeah, I finally uncovered myself through writing the book, through doing a lot of soul searching, through kind of just unearthing the stories that I knew I needed told to myself and put them in writing. And 
it was honestly like a brave feat that I was like, I don't know if writing this book is going to do anything other than just be a personal project that I need done. So I honestly was just like, this is for me, write the book for me, write the book for my inner child. And since it came out during the pandemic, that was another kind of blow because I was like, I had initially started a book tour and I was going to go to New York and Ohio to my hometown. So then when the pandemic hit, I was like, no one's going to find out about my book. I'm not going to be able to tour it. It's just going to be like sitting on Amazon warehouses. Okay. So honestly, I had released so much energy of, oh, people need to read my book and people need to figure me out in order for this to be, you know, good for me. Like I was just like, I wrote the book for me. It got published. I'm amazed by it. And so it's been this huge, like secondary level of realization of my creative need that the universe needs my creativity to see that people are really receiving the book, that they are loving the book. Reading the Amazon reviews has brought me to tears. People are like, I'm reading it with my grandmother and we're bonding over this. This is the first story about a Black female, you know, character that I see myself in and just really like resonating how much these stories matter and how much it's important for storytellers of color to be telling their own stories. And I, I guess just in, in all, I'm just really grateful and appreciative of the opportunities that have come to lead me to this place now in my life, to being a published author at a time when I'm like, I can just, you know, push open the door and continue to create and hopefully make ways for other people to come up under me and say, you know, I, I see the opportunities being made by Yodasa Williams. I want to be a part of writing stories. So, so honestly, it's just, it's a world of, of, of gratitude that I live in right now that people are enjoying the book. I'm right now working on the sequel and uh, spoiler alert, it will be a trilogy. So I'm kind of writing two books at the same time right now, because I kind of just want to write them all as almost one big lump. So yeah, it's, it's been amazing, especially having written this book with the intention of just putting so much into it that if anybody found it, they would love it. And then realizing people are really like finding it, loving it and being grateful that I made all of the shifts in my life to, to birth this kind of creativity. Thank you so much for speaking to this and you've covered so much. I mean, I'm very, <laughs> I'm just so grateful for you and, and touching on the reality that your creativity and your work that came from so much, a place of so much experiences that included pain and included some trauma and included your experiences because of just because of who you are kind of pushing you in this direction. And now the impact is so powerful for people as you're learning. And that is what I call magic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to feel like, you know, you're passing along a torch and inspiring others. And I've always been someone who feels so grateful when someone sparks something in me. And, you know, whenever I've gone to like a lecture or even watched a YouTube show or something where I'm like, this made me a better person by experiencing their gift. Um, I very much 
felt this kind of calling on my heart to do something important with my life. And I'm not saying that, you know, having an office job is not an important thing or can't lead to important things. But for me, there was something about sitting in an office doing work that I knew was just for a corporation to get more monies for stakeholders. And at the end of the day, I did not feel like my life was giving towards positive change. And I think that was a part of the thing that was really felt torturous inside me because as a kid, I just, I felt so deeply, I felt so much, and I always felt for the under underdogs. I always felt for the people hurting. I always, I always looked for the people in pain and was like, why aren't people seeing that? So there's something on my heart that was like, I want to be a helper. I want to be some kind of healer in a way. I want to be helpful in this world. I don't want to just be accumulating money for myself. I want to be like a purposeful person. And I want to say very much like in the past few years of evolving into a writer and knowing my writing is purposeful and very much, especially in the year 2020 with the Black Lives Matter riot, seeing how much the voices of Black people are needed in our culture for empathy, for love, for change. And I, I really was realizing, like, I have been birthed in this time for a reason. Like, there's a reason that I have this heaviness that I need to express and that it's in this zone because people like me are suffering and I need to speak to their love and humanity. So all in all, it's been a huge, as I said, like birthing, awakening, <laughs> um, glorious revolution that I have a gift that I can write stories that people love and enjoy and then at the end they're also like Black Lives Matter Black Girl Magic I loved your book like so all of that just it helps me feel like I'm doing something good in the world I am so so deeply moved by you at the core of my being because our society, this capitalist society that we live in in the U.S. creates sometimes the illusion that we are only worth our productivity and that, you know, we are, I know I'm preaching to you and you're like, I know, but this is just for everybody else to know, like we are only worth what we can like output and that's what we're praised for. And accumulating monetary wealth is like the ultimate goal uh, the ultimate like American dream or whatever. And for you to pause on that and be like, I'm going to hit pause and I'm going to recognize that my purpose is something so much greater. It is deeply moving to hear you say that. And also, quite honestly, I got a little bit like I got in my feels because I know I've worked with so many students of color, so many young Black women, so many non-binary young Black people, so many queer young Black people and Black people of all ages in my classes who feel so unheard and feel so underrepresented in every capacity. So for you, putting in, taking the risk of leaving the, uh, the safety of like a capitalist paycheck, a corporate paycheck, right? Leaving that financial stability, I should say stability, not safety, but leaving that financial stability, taking the risk to pursue what you genuinely are passionate about with the intent to help people 
with the intent to help your community, to help the Black community, it is, I just have the chills and I have nothing but love and respect for you. Thank you. Thank you. And and I do want to say also, like, I did have a great amount of support in making this life shift. So I want to shout out my sister, Tracy Williams, who um, we met through, <laughs> I met Jade through my sister, Tracy, who is just a beacon of love and like, you know, wants to be like a loving, you know, person in community is like someone who's helpful. She's literally a nurse. She literally saves lives. And she's someone who has always inspired me throughout my life. And definitely she was someone who I shared, like, when I was like, okay, I feel like I need to leave my job, which is huge, so that I can write a novel, which is weird, because I've never written one before. And she was the first person in my life to be like, I see you need to do this, do it, and I will support you. And I want to just shout out the people who support people who are doing brave things, because there's always somebody who's like lifting the, the wind beneath your wings when you're jumping out on the ledge. And definitely she was that for me. And slowly as I kind of became more brave and like, I'm doing this, it doesn't sound cool, but I'm going to tell people I'm a writer and I just am figuring it out as I go along. I slowly built my community and I slowly found like my writing mentor, Valerie, who to this day, I, I literally call her my spiritual mother. She helped me birth my novel, like from scratch, like for me just being like, I love black girl magic. What do I do with that? So yeah, I very much want to put out the, the, you know, the heart that when you have a mission that the universe has put on your life, the people will be there to come up and to support you because at first, I was like, I'm going to do this all on my own. I'm going to have to like do this in secret. But then somehow after five years, I was like, oh my gosh, I keep making it happen. Like I keep not being kicked out of my apartment. Somehow like this life dream is going. And I realized it was just the community, the people who love me and believe in me, the people who would invite me to, you know, things that they knew there was a $50, you know, thing going to, going to the readers. They were like, hey, Yoda. I know you're scrappy. You want to do something for this event? So yeah, I want to shout out the writing community in the Bay Area for being a place where hustlers can like really just slowly grind into something. Because again, location matters. And I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio and not to shade Cincinnati, Ohio, but does not have like a burgeoning arts community where like I could go to open mics every night of the week or I could, you know, drop into a studio and be a part of somebody's YouTube video. Like, so being in the Bay Area, I also credit to being a fertile place for me to make all of these evolutions, to make these changes, to find writing retreats, writing conferences, to, you know, evolve and grow with people who are also like on the hustle to be artists. Um, all of that is to say, this has just been a magical time in my life. And, you know, it's it's not been just me. It's also been people who have been supporting this idea of a dream that has been bigger than me. Because ever since I saw the idea of my novel, I was like, oh my God, this is like good. It's going to be like, like, I'm going to have to like really like put in the work. This is not something I can just phone in. I want to write a really good story about Black girls that makes people feel and so being able to put in five years of being a creative writer 
definitely was magic at this time of my life. And a lot of the support came from my community who would just help me, you know, find gig work that I could do and then focus on my writing, you know, share. Like, I saw this writing contest. Aren't you doing stuff? Even just the other day, somebody sent me something where, you know, in the Bay Area, they were looking for fantasy and sci-fi writers to mentor students. And they were like, you know, this is totally your thing. And I was like, see, my people know me. Like, my people know my craft. They know my gift. So, yeah, just shout out to the people who support Big Dream and Big Dreamers. I love that. That is so beautiful and magical. I love the word magic. I love that it's magical. It's this experience that I don't really know what else to call love, magic, support, community. And while all of this we know exists and you have had, you know, your ups and downs and a lot of love and support, I'm I'm interested if you're open to talking about, and I know we touched on this prior to the conversation, but talking about maybe some of the challenges, because someone might be listening and be like, really interested in pursuing this, but they might be thinking like, okay, you had support, you had community, but like, but like, what were the challenges? What, what might that process be like in terms of just giving like a more full scope overview? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely not to put like too much glitter on it. Like, oh, it was just amazing. Everything just happened and I floated into a novel. There were definitely times where it was so hard and I genuinely would like do a look back to be like, remember when you had that nice heavy checks coming in steadily and you were fed and you could do all the things, you could plan vacations. You're not in that life. So it, there's sacrifices to, especially in the society, becoming an artist because it's very much not like oh you you know you can get loans to become an artist it's like you know you're kind of on your own for a while it's 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 a rough place to be in trying to create work that then can sustain your life while you're still in the process of figuring out what that looks like and what your gift is so definitely the first thing was financial stability that was definitely such a challenge for me over the five years as I said I was just like very dedicated to the idea that I needed to pursue putting my heart and soul in the novel and having been a person that worked a job since I was in high school like honestly I was working like the summers I was in high school to the summers I was in college to through college like I was consistently working for someone and I realized that was part of my mental crux I was like I'm always someone's <laughs> someone's lapdog, someone's doormat to, to like make this company look good, make this company make money, make, you know, like do this and transform in this way. And I realized that was part of the path I needed to like literally step away from. Yeah. So I, I kind of was very bold, brave, crazy in the idea that I was like, I don't want to have any official job while I'm writing. I want to focus primarily on my writing and if I have a day where I'm crying, I don't want it to be like, oh, I have to go to work and then figure myself out. Like, I just want to be in that, in that creative space, wherever it takes me. And so I kind of, at that time, was trying to figure out how to make money and still sustain myself in the Bay Area, which is so crazy so expensive. So one of the things I did was I put my fashion skills to use and I started a part-time gig where I was selling upcycled clothing 
and vintage clothing that I would acquire at like thrift stores at a low rate and then like do some alterations to and sell them at pop-ups. And I was doing like pop-ups every week, every other week, once a month, as much as I could because that gave me the independence and the ability to not work for someone. And then also kind of plan my life around like, okay, next week I'll do it, that two day like fair thing or whatever. So then along with that, I was doing like writing gigs that I could find, doing short story contests. Like I was still like just literally any little gig that I could do for fun, for money, I was acquiring. Then I got kind of connected to this marketing business, a couple marketing firms that hire people out for big conferences. So then I was working for like Google conferences and Apple conferences that were happening in the Bay Area. And luckily those were like short stints. So I still felt like I was following along with my, like, I'm not really working for anybody because I was just like basically going there, being a hospitality person for like two weeks and then making enough money that I could write without having a gig for another four months. So there was a lot of like, just like hustling, trying to get short-term gigs, trying to get like writing gigs, doing my fashion gigs, doing wardrobe styling things for friends and family who were like, oh, I'm going to a wedding. I'm like, if I help you find an address, will you give me like a hundred bucks? So it was just genuinely like just doing the hustle. However, I felt my skills could be of use that I still felt free and liberated that brought in money that helped that helped me sustain myself writing. And then all at the same time, I was, you know, applying for writing conferences, applying to writing workshops. And anytime I could, I would try to hustle any fees that they put up. So anytime there was a writing conference that I wanted to go to, I would look for an email address of the volunteer coordinator and ask them if I could volunteer in place of getting a comp ticket. If there was a writing workshop I wanted to be a part of, I'd be asking them like, what are what scholarships do you have? What kind of grants do you have for low income attendees? So I was just very bold with letting the universe know, like my dreams are bigger than I can handle, but I'm trying so much. And, and as I said, when you're just like humble about things like that, I got into so many places I shouldn't have been considering my bank account and like so many really excellent conferences where I talked to people and got advisement. And I was like, yeah, I was just here so that I could volunteer for four hours, but I got so much out of it. So I very much put out the energy that, you know, even though it's scary, it's a huge leap. Definitely, you know, as I said, I had to sacrifice things. I haven't gone on a, a proper long-term vacation in a while, but <laughs> I'm very confident that this is the dream and this is the path of my life and it is bringing success and it is bringing fruition and, and it is yielding already some amazing things in my life that I'm like, if I had stayed in that job and thought that that was my life path, I would not be on the path of these level of successes that I never, I never thought possible. So, so yeah, definitely the, the financial hustle is one thing. Then I just definitely want to say just the mental, just the mental struggle. Like it takes a lot, as I said, to even, it took me a while to even tell people out loud, I'm a writer and I'm working on my first novel because the feedback is like a lot of insecurity and people will throw things your way. How can you do that? That's crazy. And so it's a mental journey, even being an artist in this 
in this society, people don't push like people who say that they're a writer the way that they will push somebody who said they're a plumber. Like they'd be like, oh, you're a plumber. That's cool. But I say I'm a writer and they're like, well, what have you written? Well, where's your book? Well, how much money are you making from writing? Well, what do you like, you know, and it's, it's a totally different way that artists are received. And I was very intimidated by that energy. So there was a while that I was just trying to work on my mental confidence to emerge as a writer in front of people, including my parents. Because as I said, my sister was one of the first people who supported me, but my parents were a struggle to get there. So even just the confidence within my own family to be like, I'm doing this path and I, you're going to have whatever feelings you have about it, but this is it. And then, yeah, as I said, just finally, I guess the, the biggest struggle was just I guess, getting through it and and staying on this path. And as I said, it took five years. And when I started, I had no comprehension of how long it would take to write a novel, but I knew it was more than like at least a year. I was like, I mentally was like, this is me going to graduate school again. I'm going to be starting this thing. It's going to be several years. I'm going to have peaks and valleys. It's going to suck. Here we go. So I knew it was going to be a journey and it was quite a journey. There were definitely moments where I thought I was, you know, mentally insane to think that I could craft a novel where I would cry over the pages I wrote because I thought they were so bad and people were going to insult me to my face. Like, why did you think you could write? All of that stuff that goes with just the mental journey of being an artist, you know, you have to go against those walls of the, the intuition that there's something that you can find inside that's truth. And you have to dig through all the lies to get there. So all of that was such a journey of genuinely five years. Like I, I tell my writing mentor all the time, like it was a Herculean feat getting this, getting this novel out of me was like, you know, ripping apart the seams sometimes. So doing all of that, I, I cannot say that I'm any like regret, have any regret of going through the journey. Um, and I still have to be transparent that even to this day, it is still a struggle to, you know, even realize that I wrote one novel and I can do it again. It's still like a constant, like, because I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be, you did it. You did it once. You did it once. And I constantly have to pull myself off of the ledge that I can't do it. And I think that's just the the constant struggle of, of being an aware person in our society. There's a lot of inner critics. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of, you know, trolls. So it, it's hard not to internalize that, especially when you're trying to create something brand new that has not existed before. So all in all, I just say like the creative journey, it's not easy. It's not beautiful. It's not immediately the feedback is coming that it's worth it. It's, you got to work and put in the work. And sometimes the work looks like it doesn't even make sense. I cannot express how grateful I am to be on the other side of all that and to have been through it I can tell other people they can get through it because I have met people that I have expressed oh I just published my first novel like, oh my god I could never do such a thing I have ideas but I could never put them on paper and I'm like I was there at a point too I was at a point where I was like I love writing I love storytelling but I could never do it myself but I got through that path and I realized a, a story was in me and I pulled it out and I was focused 
So honestly, when I find people who are like amazed that I'm a writer, I'm kind of like, stop, you could do it too. It's not like the English language is not proprietary to me. Anybody can use it and write a story. Um, so, so I feel like it's a gift that I want to like ignite people like you too probably have a great story. So many times I see people and they're trying to give me their story. Like, you know what you should write next? I'm like, you write it. Why are you trying to tell, why are you trying to give me your story? So, so yeah, if, if there's anything that my path can be a lesson to others, it's that it's possible. Yes, it's hard, but it feels so rewarding to gift something to the universe that you feel not only can last a while, but that can heal people. Like that, that was always my fascination with books. Cause I'm like, even when the author is gone, their gift is still touching people that they could never know. Like Maya Angelou is one of my favorite authors. And I'm still sad that I did not get to see her while she was living. When, when she passed away, I was like, oh, I was supposed to be her best friend. And so like, I just felt like we had a kinship because whenever I read her books, I felt like she was writing to me. Like I was the person she was crafting these stories to heal. So just that idea that like, maybe when I'm long gone, there will be some like other being, you know, on the planet that I could still find joy and excitement from the book that I wrote so many eons ago, just the concept of that excites me. So, so yeah, to be able to craft something new that lives forever you know that that can touch people that excites people that is a part of me that exists now that creative spirit is so fun like yeah so getting through all the journey and the the strife honestly i i tell you it, it feels so worth it to be a published author with a book and to feel like i can do this again and i want to write more things and I'm starting to expand my ideas now where I'm even like, could I write a screenplay one day? I have so many ideas. Like, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited by just the opening door of being a, being an artist. You absolutely could do a screenplay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I want to say thank you so much for speaking to uh, people who have inspired you, right? Like, in the trans community, we oftentimes talk about like our ancestors, And I love hearing from you about people who have impacted you in this way, who are what I would consider the wisdom keepers, the, the elders, if you will. And I'm wondering if there are any other names you might want to share with folks of people who have made you feel valid, heard, healed spoken to through their through their writing oh yes just artists in general that I admire that I really look towards Octavia Butler who's starting to have a resurgence and someone who I found later in my life and then I felt like I was like oh my gosh I wish I had found this when I was 10 when I was 15 and and I felt so bereaved that she's not a part of the canon of like you know, storytelling greats that we share in schools and high schools. I was like, why, why aren't we reading this, you know, in 12th grade or something like that? So, so sometimes it's, it's kind of this feeling of like, they've been kept from me or it, it's been hidden from me that it, this exists that I can connect to it. But I feel so inspired to be a part of, I think this resurgence of Black storytelling, Black surreal art form. Definitely Donald Glover and his show Atlanta is 
powerful, like Afro surrealist reality. Like it's amazing what he's doing, especially the latest season. I'm like, he's just killing the book when it comes to like black storytelling. Honestly, Jordan Peele, love get out love what he's doing with storytelling can't wait to see his newest film i loved black panther i really felt like that was the story that i was waiting to see as a child like black superhero storytelling like yes like i'm glad that disney and marvel are on it and you know i'm excited to see what they evolve with more stories like monica rambo who this kind of sidebar to a show that I'm starting to now produce on YouTube, where I'm talking about Black female superpowered characters in TV shows and movies, because I'm always just so hype when there's a Black female character with powers. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's me. Like <laughs> this is who I am in that universe. So I'm so excited to, you know, just kind of bring them forth. So I have the first episode that's currently up on my YouTube channel where I'm talking about Lovecraft Country, which sadly only getting one season, but I loved the characters in Lovecraft Country and I loved their powerful storytelling that they had there. So I'm talking about Monica Rambeau and her emergence from Captain Marvel to if any of you saw WandaVision, she has now emerged as a powerful, superpowered character in the Marvel universe. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what evolves of her storyline and what she has to give. And, you know, even just from those fictional characters to, as I mentioned, Oprah Winfrey, Maya Angelou, I've, I've just been so inspired. Even Tina Turner, I remember watching like so many movies. Tina Turner, my mom loved Tina Turner growing up. So I just had a fascination with her empowerment, like her like evolving and becoming a strong woman and coming out of the box of abuse. Like I just connected deeply with that story coming growing up. And and there's just been a lot of other characters, even like Janelle Monae, who now has published a book, um, where she's coming out with her love of fantasy and I love what she has been doing with her career and really evolving and showing different ways of being an artist and storytelling through music, through films, now through books, like all of that just makes me feel so hype because I'm just like, look at these people doing it so great. And finally, I have to shout out one of my absolute favorite like female icons doing it right now, Issa Rae. She has inspired me since I was in graduate school because when I was in grad school, I was still like, okay, I guess I'm studying this stuff to get a degree in fashion so I can become a powerful person. But I, but I, but I tapped into, she had uh, this YouTube series, The Misadventures of the Awkward Black Girl. And I remember seeing that and being like, oh my God, this is great writing. This is so fun. This is so connecting to the Black experience in a way I'm not seeing. On, and it kind of like started the spark of, I want to tell my own stories too. Like, why, you know, what? Why am I sitting here studying for a test I don't care about when I could be like crafting a story about the crazy thing that happened to me at this grocery store yesterday? So she was one of the first to step out and start telling like live Black modern stories that I really took heart in it starting a shift in me and wanting to be a part of the landscape and just to see her come up, to see her evolve into an author and then evolve into a storyteller on the scope of having her own HBO show, which just completed amazing seasons and award-winning and, you know, and to see 
that she's become a beacon of Black creativity where she's like opening doors. She started her own, I think, like music production company so she could help bring in more musical artists into the industry. And, you know, she's doing that, like Black reality show series. All of the things that she does and she continues to bring forth excite me so much. And I have to say too, I met her once at an airport and she was beautiful and she was loving. And I like fangirled and blacked out. I was like, oh my God, Issa Rae, you're amazing. Everything you do is so great and, and I like my mouth wouldn't stop talking and she was just there and then there was a moment where I was finally like okay I'm so sorry okay thank you and it was like I've never been starstruck in my life to that level and like I've seen other celebrities too but that one I was like maybe Issa Rae I almost lost my entire existence like it was like a hard reboot on my brain like I was just like not Issa Rae in real life. Like, I will never forget how, how I met her and it changed my life. Cause I was like, she's been my icon for like a decade. She doesn't know. So yeah, like shout out to all the black female girls, badasses, non-binary men doing it for the culture. That's what excites me because I feel like I'm also trying to do it for the culture. I'm doing it for the little black girl who is being picked on and doesn't feel like her skin is pretty enough. Like I'm doing it for her. So I, I really see it full force that there's kind of this tribe of, of a black creative energy that's coming forth. And I, I just hope that I can be a part of the movement with my energy and with the things that thankfully the universe blesses onto my, my script and my spirit. Yes. Just so much. Yes so much beauty and magic in what you just shared. I feel like your work will touch the heart of someone who may feel like they don't belong. And that is, that is something like you said earlier, you may never know. It, you could be long gone. You could just, it could happen now and you might not know, but to know that you've created the magic to be there for people to find and for it to exist is really, really beautiful because your feelings about all of the people you've just described, someone who knows, someone might have a similar feeling about you. And that is like the full circle giving back where one of the things I've learned about communities of color and marginalized communities more broadly, oftentimes are really invested in giving back and creating experiences and opportunities within our own communities. I say our because like trans community and for you, the Black community and Jamaican American community, which I just have to pause and ask. I didn't know, I don't know this, but is there a growing Jamaican uh, community in Ohio? It, it's definitely not a hub for Jamaicans. My family was one of very minimal quantities of Jamaicans or even like African immigrants in Ohio, especially in the mid eighties, early nineties when I was growing up. And it was because you know, my, my father had initially 
immigrated to New York. My mother had met him there. They were there. And then my father got an opportunity for a job that transferred him to Ohio. So it was really just the opportunity for, you know, making making a stable life for his family that my father and my mother decided Ohio was the place. And they left a lot of the connections that they already had in New York, which is a place that has like Jamaican restaurants and, you know, is a hub for Caribbean community and, you know, it, immigrant communities. So they did have connections there. And I even to this day have family that's in Connecticut that they would, you know, transfer and go, you know, back and forth. So they had family and connections there, but it was the opportunity for a better life that they came to Ohio. And I ended up being born in Ohio and lived, you know, all of my childhood in Ohio and always felt this disconnect, even when my family would be like, oh, remember when we were in New York? And I'm like, then why did we move here? Why we sitting here? Like I'm not, I'm not proof this plan, but I understand, you know, in in looking at the financial cost of raising a family, of having three kids, of being an immigrant, of you know those realities of like, you know, you got to go where the money is showing up. So there was, those were the reasons I ended up being born in Ohio. And to be honest, I always felt like this kind of alien growing up. Because especially, you know, there, there, there is a, a good population of African-Americans in Ohio, where I grew up, Cincinnati, Ohio, but not Caribbean-American. No, so, so they didn't understand my experience as a Caribbean-American versus being African-American. And so there was the confusion as to why I spoke proper English and not like, you know, the Ebonics dialect. And I'm like, my mother's an a teacher she's not going to teach me to say things so there there was like even even that separated me from even the other kids that looked like me that I had a different thing and they could tell they could tell like I don't know where she's from she's trying too hard in classes and I'm like my mom expects me to bring home A's I cannot bring home anything else or like so there was like a difference even to my upbringing being a Caribbean American to the African-American experience that I had a lot of empathy for because a lot of the times I was just like thrown in the bucket, like, oh, you black kids. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's me. Versus when I was with the black kids, I was then kind of slightly ostracized because I was like the black kid who was trying to be white. And I was like, I'm not trying to be white. I'm just trying to be me. And that is a girl who's obsessed with science fiction books. So definitely being an awkward black kid was not cool. And I felt it a lot. And thank God for this reemergence of like black awkwardness being cool. Cause now I'm like connecting to other people who like grew up loving anime and sci-fi and like weird things. And I'm like, I know you were the black kid in the class that no one understood. That was, oh my gosh. So. So there's kind of this commonality growing of like the outcasts from the outcasts from the outcasts that when I see them, I'm like, oh, yes, you're me, you're, you're you know, you're me, like the, the queer black kids, the, the black kids who were too studious for the other kids, the black kids who were super geeky and like art or creative things or, you know. So, so I very much have empathy and love for that because as I said, I got picked on for being the weird black kid who liked weird stuff. And I always just feel like, you know, whatever it is that's quote unquote weird about you, like celebrate it. Like 
I feel like now so much of my path is celebrating things that I used to feel shameful about, that I used to feel like I needed to, un- I needed to like not let anybody know. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, Harry Potter. Oh my gosh, Star Wars. Oh my gosh, somebody see this movie with me. And I'm like, I'm such a geeky girl. Like that's, that's part of my existence. So, so yeah, I'm starting to like, you know, uncover these parts of me and celebrate them and and bring in people in my life who also celebrate them. And you should be able to, everybody should be able to. And the thing that I, the thing that I love is that I know that you use the word, you know, all these weird things. And I think that for me, that word has always been used like derogatorily to like judge people, like for not fitting in. And like back when I was in high school, anime was considered like what the nerdy kids did, but like, I loved it. I went to a few anime club meetings and it was like, this stuff is so cool. And I love seeing it become like more popularized and trendy and accepted, less stigmatized, just for one example. But I love that you can full force embrace all of the parts of who you are and celebrate it rather than it, you know, being something you feel like you have to hide or whatnot. Yeah, I think like, if anything, that's definitely something I've learned from the millennial and the the Gen Gen Z culture that they're just like not afraid of the things they should be ashamed of. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is liberating because definitely when I was growing up, there was so much shame. Like you had to be normal. Why weren't you wearing the jeans everybody else was wearing? Like it, it was so much going on maybe it was just Ohio but it was definitely like a pressurized to be normal culture and I felt that stigma upon me and I've only in the past you know decade been like oh my gosh that thing I was obsessed when I when I was a kid but I never got into it I'm gonna get into it now and even just some things that I did celebrate that I didn't you know really put my heart into like I loved music And even me and my friends used to go to like the symphony in Cincinnati because they had this amazing thing where if you're a student, they would give you the best tickets available that day if you showed up the day of of a performance. And we would just go to the symphony and geek out about music. And then I just like re-remembered that part of me one day. I was like, I used to listen to classical music like obsessively, like it moved me. I don't do that anymore. Like I need to reclaim this part of my soul. Like I used to just be like humming certain things. And so, yeah, and just, I'm excited about being excited about the parts of myself that aren't always like monetized or easily celebrated or, you know, whatever it is, it's, I'm just gonna, you know, be happy and experience my life in the fullness. And thankfully as an artist, I feel like I have some kind of liberty to do so that it can like then become a part of my work and then hopefully become a part of someone else's experience. So, you know, if if I'm obsessed with music in a way that I can express through a character, then maybe it will ignite someone else to be like, let me check out this Tchaikovsky person. So, yeah, I'm just excited, I guess, about like the evolution of being transparent with the world, with myself, with my soul. Oh, I'm obsessed. In the interest of time, because I want to keep this not, you know, like, I don't want my students to get too upset with me. (laughs) Coming to a close, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or just final advice to a young person who might be listening? I teach all ages. A person who might be listening who might 
may feel very connected with what you're sharing. Well, final thoughts. I just encourage people to be brave because I feel like what I did for myself was one of the bravest acts ever. And I was at a place where I was living for other people's idea of approval and I wasn't living for my own and transferring and transforming and becoming a person that I feel like I'm living to living on the path that the universe has for me has been so worthwhile and has brought so much love into my life that is true that is about like who I genuinely am when I show up so just final thought be brave it's if it's something that you want to do and accomplish in this world if you have a stirring you know investigate it I'm not saying like throw your whole life over in you know one idea but I, you know, I took time to really research and I was like, I really want to do this thing for myself and I will not forgive myself if I don't do it. And if I'm an old woman on my deathbed, what will I regret? I will regret not writing the novel of my soul. So I really did deep soul searching that I needed to fulfill this dream in my lifetime. And if there's anything like that, that you feel connected to that you're like, oh, I want to create this graphic novel. Oh, I have this idea of this craft or at least try it, at least put in the energy to try it, to fulfill it for yourself. Because the feeling of letting yourself down and regretting not trying to be brave within your own life. Oh, that's, that's heavily crushing. And you only have this one precious, short, brilliant life. So why not do the wild things? I've, I've, I've had people who tell me that the things that I've been doing in my life have now inspired them to do things in their life. And that's like the greatest gift. If I can be an example to be brave within your own life, I would love to do that. Oh my gosh. You're giving me the chills. I am so grateful for you. I am so deeply moved by you. And I feel eternally grateful that, and I feel like my spirit, even after, you know, whatever I move on to the next world or whatever, I feel like the work that you're leaving in this world is going to make a positive impact for generations. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're beautiful. You are magical and you create magic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jade. Thank you so much to the students, the listeners. You can find me online. My IG is YodaWell12. My e email address is YodaWell at Gmail. And my website is YodaWell.com. So it's all YodaWell. And I'm, I'm open to, you know, questions. As I said, I have the two books out and there will be more. I have a Patreon that I, if you're interested, you can be a part and follow my journey, my writing journey and really sneak peeks into the crafts that I'm doing, like creating this YouTube series and just being a part of like, I don't know, creating things in the world. I'm just so excited to be a person who's making new things that excite people that just yeah. that just like makes my soul come alive so thank you everyone yay thank you